Jesse, I'm telling you, soon our audience is going to be singing this to their children as they go to bed. Yes, I think we're going to have to like work on some also new catchy phrases. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I've got some of them. On radio stuck in their head, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, they've, I've got a whole bunch of stuff. I just haven't had the time to do the production, but I got a whole bunch of stuff already recorded. I just got to finalize it. You're going to love some of the stuff I've created. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, Jesse, uh, before we get started, we have a great guest today. He's probably the most prolific guest on this show, uh, yeah. other than maybe Jody, but Jody is more staff now, right? Now she's That's the official right, right. prophetess yeah. of Right on Radio. That's right. But, Jesse, would you agree? Listen, our audience is so kind to us. You know, we get uh, sometimes some really nice letters. We get some trolls too, you know, that comes with the territory. But Jesse, sometimes it's good to give back. Would you agree? I agree. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you agree, Jesse, because I'm going to introduce a new segment on the program today. And maybe the name isn't finalized, but it was inspired by one of our audience members who emailed last night. Okay, so this is and, great. And and what uh, what really made me think is, you know, we have not utilized you as a chaplain enough. Whoa, okay. So uh, I'm going to call this segment Counseling with Chaplain Jesse Zaboder. Okay. Okay, <laughs> although this is more, maybe more of an ask sort of question, uh, you know, um, but I just thought, it, listen, I know because I look at the statistics for this broadcast that 30% of our audience is going to want this answer. And I know you have it, Jesse. So, okay. okay. So um, I'm not really good with names, but this person did sign their entire name. So I'm going to, I'm going to read it. So they, they know. Um, But by the way, uh, when someone has a hyphenated name, that's usually a last name, but when, their first name is hyphenated. Isn't that like maybe African or something like that? Mm, I don't think that's always the case. I, I don't know either. Uh, listen, I'm just going to read it as it's written, but the first name is hyphenated. Mm-hmm. So this okay. comes from asking for friend. <laughs> okay. And, and it starts out, the, the question is very simple, the question, but it starts out with probably a strong statement that uh, perhaps you could address first. And the strong statement is simply, when a man says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Right? Like, you know, a, a, a man boarded his, oh his bond. Um, and Well, you know, as a chaplain, I have to say that the majority of the time, you know, that is the consensus that, you know, men, if they they say something, that they will follow through on that. Okay. So let me read the entire thing now. Just give me a second here. Put on my glasses because I can't even read my own writing. I wrote it down so I didn't have to open up my email. Okay. so, So asking for a friend says, if a man says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Why must woman bitch every six months? <laughs> well, it, it's probably because he didn't do it the way she wanted it done. <laughs> okay, so as as now as a chaplain, what 
advice or counseling would you uh, give asking? Asking for a friend. Um, you know, I think you really need to ask how would she like it done? And when it's done, ask if it's done to her satisfaction and offer her a piece of chocolate at the end. That will give you brownie points. So in other words, the woman has become elevated to the queen of the house. And that is good advice from Chaplin, Jesse Zaboter. The, yeah, the, the woman wears the pants in the family. I'm sorry. That's just, you know, you don't act that way, but that's just the behind the scene rules. Listen, these days, that is very true. Yeah, Unfortunately. She who has the chocolate rules it all. And That's right. And chocolate is never a bad idea to give to the woman. <laughs> All right. Um, so just another announcement, and you're not expecting this one either. But Jesse, <laughs> today is the first day in our right on radio history that we have swag. We have so swag. <laughs> our store is open officially today. Uh, you're going to be able to get your right on radio t-shirts, mugs, all that stuff. Uh, there's three different collections. There's the classic collection, the lion collection. You got You want to look through all the collections, but the latest edition shirt that was just added right before opening the store, it's in the classic collection and you'll want to scroll down to the bottom and see it. It's a, uh, it says it's right on radio and it says socially distant before it was cool, but the design is so great. You were talking about that, man. I got to see that. So where can people get connected with our Okay, so I'm going to put the link in, in the description. It's going to be the top link. Uh, it's Now, it is a Teespring store. So here here's the thing. And look, obviously, we want to sell T-shirts. There's no doubt about it. Oh, and by the way, the first monies raised from it, uh, first of all, I'm going to pay the graphics designer. The second monies are, is going to go to that coat that we've promised jesse since the beginning of the show she is going to get her warrior coat all the, the necessary funds are going to fund that 100 first okay all the names so that i can go appropriately dressed into my bathroom confessions is that what you're saying yes yes <laughs> but but here here's the other thing i just want to now I want to get like a complete, you know, Patriot vendor sort of thing where we can move our store. I haven't found one that does the same type of service as Teespring yet, but you want to get these fast before they find out we're Patriots because <laughs> they'll shut us down. They shut everyone else down. So it's just a matter of time, but Hey, they offer a pretty good service and uh, the quality is pretty good. I've ordered a couple myself. Uh, they should be arriving maybe even today, but Hey, listen, without further ado, let's bring our guest on because if you know that we're living in the matrix how about talking to to the guy who wrote it how do we escape it tom knows he of course he wrote the script the immortals but it was stolen and bastardized by satanic pedos in Hollywood. You can tell we're no longer on YouTube, right? I was just going to say, Jeff, I haven't heard you use these words on air before. <laughs> <laughs> I've got anger issues. Let's welcome Tom. Yeah. He's happy Tom. When we first met him, he was angry Tom, but now yeah. he's happy Tom. Yeah. Hey, hey Jeff. Hey, Jesse. 
So yeah, I was just singing right on radio, just singing it for eight in there. So yeah. <laughs> radio. <laughs> I mean, we gotta. So make yeah. Like it's peanut butter jelly time song, you know. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's Jeff Jesse time. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's so nice. I mean, to be able to breathe again and, and you know, it's like been so frustrating when you first met me because it was like, was anybody out there? You know, like that song. And then it's like, now people are getting it. You still have the trolls, like you said, but people are getting it and you get calls from amazing people all around. And they too have looked for outlets like your program where they can actually feel like something good is happening something good is being done and we're not all just being steamrolled. So this is great what you guys are doing. Well, yeah. it's great what you're doing as well, because I know you have been in the fight for a very long time, longer than most of us, Tom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got the scars, but yeah, they're, they're, they're uh, badges of honor for me. So, yeah. So <laughs> that we go this far, we've got to, you know, teach the world that, you know, see it through, don't ever give up. And that's what Aiden had said when he was little. He'd, he'd say, Dad, don't ever give up. And now we have the keys to actually push this totally through. Um, and that's that's very exciting. So he, now he's like, you know, let's get this done. Let's get this filed. Let's get this in. And they, they gave us the perfect platform to do that. And, and so, Tom, now we have a lot of new listeners that are not as familiar with your story. And we're not going to rehash it because all the <laughs> videos are up on Odyssey and people can go see them. Uh, sure. But when you say we're going to push this through... Are you talking specifically about your new script? Yeah, that's part of it, which I want to discuss further with you. I am very excited about part two. It's like, you know, it was like dodging bullets for so many decades. And now it's like part two is writing itself. And that's why I call you all excited, Jeff, and go like, Wait. but it's like also I'm talking about um, uh, legal in a venue where they don't control the venue with the people they supply. And they made a big 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 mistake and uh see they, they have a tendency to brag and they have a tendency to go too far and so overkill is their achilles heel and so since they did overkill on my family literally um we've got them we've got them over the barrel and that's with altered carbon uh we can claim matrix since they forced us not to matrix altered carbon elysium sense eight oblivion all these were uh announced and done as soon as our case was thrown they used it as a second vehicle for theft and so the exciting news is since they did that they thought we'd be destroyed in cave but since we're dedicating it to people that you know are patriots have good hearts uh children i lost um we're not gonna stop and so with alder carbon the same players get involved the attorneys move to netflix from warner brothers and you see sensate from netflix you see alder carbon from netflix and they announced that netflix with joel silver that it's the greatest sci-fi concept ever where the wealthy have immortality in the future and the poor used as pawns. Well, that's exactly our premise that they had through discovery. So all our work went to them and nothing came to us, which means the golden rule for a copyright case is access. Do they have access? You can't ask for better access if it's court ordered to the defendants where they then steal from it after that's thrown. So they had direct access of all the materials to write Alder Carbon to write Sense8, to write Elysium and uh, Oblivion, which Disney held for Joel Silver. So what I'm saying is they really blew it. And in fact, when the car ran me down in Canada and just missed, I mean, I went flat on the road and it sped off. Joel Silver had taken his name after that off Alder Carbon. Then he put it back on when we were on the run again. So this has been one big dance 
of death. And, uh, you know, we're going to see a sunny side at the end of all this. And uh, it's going to be for all people. And alder carbon is one of the ways that's going to happen. So I'm excited that Joel Silver blew it. And the one thing they'll cave on is if he's called to a deposition, if he's called to a deposition, they're going to freak out. Because what will happen is he will have to appear. We're going to video it for seven hours, which is our right. We'll video him on camera. They're not going to dodge out of it. There's Joel Silver, the best bombastic person in Hollywood, the one that said most hated man in Hollywood, the one that was behind all this where their attorney said he has nothing to do with the Matrix trilogy. Really? He owns a third of the franchise. So we're going to pull him in, video him. He's not getting out of it, and we're going to have him on camera. You watch him dance, and you watch him lose it like a few good men. Amazing. Yeah, I think, Tom, that you should bring a roll of toilet paper with you and set it on his table and, and have just the words bathroom confession time on it. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. It, it, it's like we have the questions already written out. We already are ready. We know how to make them dance. We know how to lead them. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. So he is not going to get away with it this time where he had the attorneys actually go to Netflix so he could steal through there and with Disney. So all the, all the things are coming together, but yeah, the bathroom confession sounds good. And, and just so the audience knows, um, Jesse's actually promoing a show. She's getting so good at this because yeah. we have a new show concept that's coming out very soon. Maybe very good. Be part of the chaplain corner, you know, the bathroom <laughs> confessions and the chaplain corner together. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That sounds but, really you know, cool. I'm so excited because after you know so many years of being at the front lines of this fight, it feels like the mm -hmm. Lord's finally given you, you know, vindication and the way through. Really going to get to, you know, face those who have, um, you know, been attacking, who have been at the front lines of this fight against you, and. Mm -hmm. So well, that that also ties into the major organizations that are involved in Hollywood. No one's really tied all the pieces together. I think us three are the ones that are actually doing that. And so that's where you end up with that congressman who's handling my sister, who's also lifelong FBI. That takes a moment to put on the pallet just to digest that, because that's just like, what? Lifelong FBI congressman handling the sister who suddenly changed completely at that time to throw these, you know, to try to throw me away into a lockup. So for a long time, when you talked about when you first had me on and stuff, I was feeling frustrated that it was like, who am I doing this for? It's like, you know, I was starting to feel like I wrote because I wanted audiences to write like audiences are intelligent. And it just felt like with all the trolls, you know what it's like, and all the interruptions and all the harassment and family being bought. It was like, is there anybody out there? Is there anybody out there who actually, I mean, when you got your high school, your birthday, your dad's name, your name, and the first graphic that Wachowskis are bragging about putting there. And then you're, you know, you got your, um, like we said, the birthday on the clock, exact birthday and age in red. Well, there should be a no brainer, no hands down, no brainer that this is really happening and that we hold the copyright. They don't, you know, they, they set up a title on a copyright. Anyway, the point is it was very frustrating. I felt like the world was dumb, but now I'm meeting a lot of people who are really bright. And I'm so glad you guys came along too. Definitely. Well, people are waking up, Tom, and you know, uh, it's it's just so amazing your story because you know people are familiar with the movie The Matrix. Uh, uh, I've read the script, The Immortals, which is far superior. Man, if they had followed your script, that would just 
It, it's incredible what they how how they butchered it. Uh, Just chop shot. Yeah. Uh, by the way, speaking of which, um, so what I, the point I was going to make is that they've literally made Tom live in his movie. Like you know, Tom mm -hmm. has been lip trapped yeah. in this matrix that he wrote. Uh, the all of all ironies, but uh, one of the things I wanted to bring out today, Tom, was uh, Sophia Stewart. Mm. She's the one who got credited with writing your script, right? From well, the Wachowskis, they've got um, four different players involved, and they like to cover their bases. And it's all about being clever, like we said. That's their currency, being clever. So right out of the gate, you've got in-house people. That's the clue. So you've got, uh, what's his name? Anderson from uh, Marvel Comics, who's brought in basically like a teenager. you got Sophia Stewart, who is brought in out of USC. Same as the director brought out of USC for Alder Carbon with Joel Silver. And you got Nicholas Jackson, her, you know, number one, who's now come forward and said, yeah, she was a, a handler from Warner Brothers inside Witch. And so you've got, that's what I said, actually, in-house Witch. And so you've got everything put in place ahead of time, like the art of war. So it's all about when your battles before you even fire a shot. Win the, win the battles. And so they had four four claimants and they all were basically failed. And so you've got, um, they're all surfacing now as the pressure starts to form. So now I'm getting a barrage from Paul Anderson who actually, I've got email after email, text after text where he's saying, let's do a blend of Cypher Man and Immortals. And I did a Sarah Westall interview just a couple days ago and he contacted her and barraged her and she kept erasing these comments because like this guy was just coming out of the blue hard and heavy and it's like when he actually laid out what he had there's no matchups there really isn't it's all from our material so sophia stewart you're right uh paul anderson from marvel in-house again and the wachowskis uh from warner rose in-house again so all these guys that way if one falters and the public starts to not believe that they're the first claimant to go with it they bring the next one in then bring the next one in and you're dealing with like a cattle drive so, so that's what's happening. With, I'm familiar with two of the names. So obviously I'm familiar with the Wachowskis mm -hmm. who were brothers. Now they're sisters. And you kind of exposed where that came from Tom, that uh, they're being yeah. penalized for being bad boys, I guess. Yes, they are. Now, they're, mm -hmm. now they're bad girls are made to wear dresses. That's how the cabal's punishing them. But what yeah. I wanted to bring out about Sophia Stewart is, you know, you had talked about her for a long time and that, but you know, I, I, I don't, chase her down or anything but all of a sudden i saw an interview with her mm -hmm. and so and you know i'm not judging but okay how can i say this nicely well i can't she's stupid yeah Man, there's no way she wrote this i i'd be surprised mm -hmm. if she could spell her name correctly uh, you, she, I mean, this interview went on for hours i could mm -hmm. barely get through 15 minutes like she's like you know, uh, she's not very well educated. You know what? <laughs> no, not at all. And like she comes out of the gate too. The first time um, I hear about her is when she calls me after um, we first hit the news. And so she's calling that very night and saying that you know she's calling and saying, "Okay, you're with her with her people with her, saying you're the missing link, Tom. Claim Matrix Two and Three, not Matrix One. I'm Matrix One." And I'm like. Well, that would destroy the case right there. That's what the attorneys wanted from Warner Bros. That I would claim two and three, so the case would be thrown because there's no claiming. Uh, if you're not claiming matchups in Matrix One, they're saying you can't claim in two and three. Therefore, the public's told there's no matchups. He lost his case. It's like wow. So right out of the gate, she's coming at me. Later, she calls, and you should hear this one. 
I actually taped her. She called me when I was in Williamsburg. And you hear her going like, I've got the millions, I've got the millions. And she's saying that it's based on a letter that I wrote Warner Brothers, that it's not based on her work at all, that she's going to have millions because um, she's going to exploit me because she's trying to claim that I knew ahead of time that my work was being taken so latches had run. And so that's what she was trying to say. Meanwhile, she's saying she's going to get millions and wants me to appear to see her get her millions. She's just really vicious. And her site actually is called All Eyes on Me. And now she tried to weasel it around and go like, well, that means God. No, you don't even talk about God. All eyes on me. The guy who actually did an expose on her showed that her work, The Third Eye, is like 31 pages. And it's about the Bible mixed with Star Wars. That's not really out there as intellectual groundbreaking. So Star Wars was amazing. But when you rehash it and mix the Bible in, you're just plagiarizing the Bible and Star Wars together. That's all it was. That is not my okay, work. You could make millions on that idea and concept, Tom, because the whole premise of, you know, Aquino in our military department of defense is the PSYOP missions, which were called Star Wars now, Stargate, Sinante. Mm. And because they're Masons, everything they teach is biblical. So Isn't that wild? They have their own Bible. Uh, the order of the scarlet cord is you know the whole premise of that order is based off the story of jonathan and david's relationship their brotherhood right. yeah i'm just saying you got some that's stuff to work with there you that's know? awesome i think i do yeah because yeah you know was at one point part of the order of the scarlet cord so you know i mean you could put the orders with all these military generals that belong to them and have some fun with that yeah. Well, that's the thing. You hit something. We're going to keep it simple for the court process. We, we're going to keep it simple. Joel Silver, Oliver Carbon had direct access, complete access to the work. Court, I mean, through the courts, complete access and stole again. That's idiotic. To steal again after you had direct access. And then similarities to make it the greatest sci-fi concept ever is our concept. And then, so we're going to keep it simple, but that makes a way for, like Jeff and I were talking too, about creating um, screenplays and creating the work and the stories that Hollywood attorneys are going like, oh my God, this is huge, the real life story. Then all that comes out. So we're gonna hit it on access, similarities, and motive, and it's gonna be hands down, no problem. Any jury that's you know got half a brain is gonna see it. So, yeah. Well, if it is truly a jury of your peers, which is not the way our justice, no. uh, injustice no. system is working. Right. The illusion of justice. Yeah, it's the illusion of justice. They have they have earned it and they've bragged about it. They I mean, they've controlled it, set up the you know, the judges are used to getting awards where they get special seats at the, you know, at the um, Academy Awards and stuff like that. They actually get them special seats. And so they're like they're totally in their pocket in Hollywood. And it gets better and better when you talk about the art of war and how they set this up. I mean, Miriam Espinosa, the paralegal for Rios and Associates, is the one that's Lenny Coco's relative, who's the one that had me from Robertson pitched to his best friend, Bonaventura. Everything was in place. The daughter-in-law of Lenny Coco is the one that made sure my work got to Bonaventura for the test <coughs> session. So they keep a small, tight circle where it's all set up ahead of time, and that's also very revealing. Then you've got Jacob Rios marrying my daughter, if I can call her my daughter still. She was totally reprogrammed, hates her dad, and says, you know, whatever they fed her when the sessions were happening, my uh, sons have told me about, 
you know, narcissist, crazy, dangerous. I don't want anything to do with him. So she's getting married this month and Aiden and I are not invited. And um, it's like, that's the little girl in the matrix. If a dad writes a story for a little girl and it becomes a blockbuster and you're that character, you think it would be a good thing. And I was trying to reunite my family. That's why a little girl hugs and points at the end with the son. That's what it's supposed to be pointing to the Christ. And so they took Neo and put him in the Christ role. They didn't want to do the Christ. But just think of that. That's the little girl. That's what it's about. My family had been stripped from me, reprogrammed. So I tried to win them back. Each time a son told me about what they had been going through through those programming sessions where they said terrorists caved first, then they're killed. And Jacob Rios is related to Ralph Rios and Associates from Pasadena who threw our case in the end. He's the one that threw our cases. So Ralph Rios has its nephew or something, Jacob Rios, who's marrying the daughter who came along when our case was thrown, right before the case was thrown. That's how far they get into trying to being clever. But it's going to blow up because I think people are going to eat this up with a spoon, a large spoon, when they realize just how foolish this was to go that far. Yeah. Well, you know what? You got to hand it to them. They they've plotted this out, you know, and it's not just you, Tom. Mm-hmm. This is against yeah. society in general. Mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. very well thought out plan. Uh but you know, you point out they go too far. I I'll I'll make a different point and perhaps Jesse will weigh in on this cuz she's really our uh, our expert in this. But okay. they they're they only play offense. They've never had to play defense before, so they didn't plan on a defense. Good point. You got a comment, Jesse, on that? Well, I think they just do defense in a different way. Um, I think there's ways that they do, but it's more of on the spiritual side. Mm-hmm. That goes back to the in-house witch. Yeah, handlers. Handlers are supposed to take up your time and take you down the wrong road, put you with the wrong people, and throw you that way. You know, they increase the spiritual oppression. Mm-hmm. You know, but isn't that kind of like an offense, Jesse? That that's really playing offense. Mm-hmm. I guess in a way it could be. Well, it, uh, it's, I, it's perception, right? Yeah. I think you might be right because it's like they don't want to appear weak. They're, it's all about power, they said. Like the tapes I have of contacts, it's all about power, Tom. You have to understand, all about power. And when I said, why they do this to my family? They said, well, because you dared to face us, face them down. Well, well, I didn't even know my work was being stolen. And then when it's stolen, of course, a guy is going to want to have his work back. So why is that? How is that being bad or facing them down? It's like we're supposed to let them take whatever they want from us. That's the viewpoint they have since it's all about power. Then you get that wild phrasing where they go, okay, Tom, they're afraid of your power now. You've won the chess game. I've said this before, but that, there's something that needs to be explored in that. They call it a chess game. And they say, I've won the chess game. Well, I don't see the money or the returns yet for my family. But that means, I think, what we just talked about. They've always played offense possibly, and a good defense is a good offense, right? So maybe that's it with the handlers and everything. Maybe they realize they don't have the barn doors shut on this one. Maybe they realize everything's open, wide open. The fences are broken and open, and they don't know what to do. And it's just a matter of time for the stampede hits them. So maybe that's what's going on. Well, you know what? Through this whole movement, uh, in in every aspect, uh, when when we start tracing the money, when we start following the wives, mm-hmm. when we start, mm-hmm. all the pieces come together, and it's mm-hmm. so convoluted. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can't make it up. Look, these people are smart. I'll, yeah, you gotta hand it to them. You know. 
but God is bigger and, you know, God's been revealing this stuff to us and telling us where mm-hmm. to look and, you right. know, bringing people like Jesse forward, bringing some yeah. people like yourself forward, Tom. And, you know, uh, Jesse really has been revealing a lot about the structure of the brotherhood and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, Hollywood has been programming us for decades and you're really, uh, you know, exposing what's happened there. And that's so important. Well, you know, you hit something so powerful because they, how many times, like Jesse said about Masons, I was courted by the Masons who were CIA operatives. Like I said, Lauren Holmberg and Paul, these other guys in the Masons brought me in and recorded me, promising me great things. Just don't try to make a difference. Told me about 9-11, did whatever. So they tell me all this stuff. And it's like, so what do you do with a guy that you're courting? Robertson's group courted me. They promised me, you know, you're one of the elite now, all this stuff. And I kept thinking, what about the rest of the people. What do you mean? Don't try to make a difference for the rest of humanity. It's not in my wavelength of thinking. And so they, you know, they, they don't know what to do with the guy they courted. So they call you a traitor, try to haul you off as dangerous and crazy and say that, okay, well, he thinks that these organizations, our organizations are out to get him. Therefore he should be shut away. Are you serious? Well, we, we got the proof of everything. You guys, the ones bragging about it. And it really is the bragging rights or bragging that they do. That catches them in the end. They cannot help but brag. When it's all about power, they brag. And when they brag, they blow it. Because Tom Althaus is going to record you. And I did. So I've got them saying on tape, you won the chess game. You got to understand it's all about power. And I'm asking the questions to handlers. Why are they doing it? And they're answering. They're answering. So actually, you bring up a great point there. And I, and I really want Jesse to answer this because... Tom says they're bragging, but Jesse, is it bragging or is it their modus operandi that they have to say what they're doing? Hmm. I would say probably goes more along with pride. They think in their minds that they've got you in a double bind Mm -hmm. and, you know, believe that they know the way you're going to respond. And so in their mind, they've got their offensive moves planned and you're playing into that. What they don't or what they underestimate is the power of God and that God gives you wisdom and knowledge and understanding to navigate and to catch them in the, you know, their own trap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to when this is all flipped and you said, like you said, Jeff too, God is making things happen where they end up going, their attorneys to go, how the hell did you find out about this? How did you know about this? How did you know? Like, how did we know Mike Lang of Disney, Harvey Weinstein's boss, who they're trying to keep out of the media, very much out of the media? How did we know he's with the ex-wife, the honeypot wife, on my birthday? Well, we looked to see where Becca was, the ex-wife. And so we checked the emails to see where she was. She didn't show up in Canada. And there's all these emails from Mike Lang off the top. Ziet Zion, Mike Lang from Southern California, the millionaire with his mistress pad, saying, Becca, move in with me for 60 days. We've got such a great story. That's why the attorneys in Hollywood are going like, this story is huge, bigger than the Matrix, a real life story. But they're the ones that, like you said, Jeff, put me in my own story. They put me in my own film. And now the real life film they're saying is worth a fortune. So I wouldn't be surprised if I turned in my bed as an old man died or whatever as an old man, not anything else. And my grandchildren, if I have grandchildren left, will benefit from the real life story. And they'll go, yeah, what a great guy. You know, wow, he really did it. Because that's what happened to the Batman guy, Bill Fingers. He died a pauper in an apartment. They, they could, found him by the smell, not to be a downer. But his son fought and didn't get it. It was not until our situation came forward 
Marvel Comics and Warner Brothers, same main players in it, that they finally gave the credit to the grandchildren because a documentary was made. And that led to WarnerCom and Comic-Con, where people started asking questions at WarnerCom to their panel at Warner Brothers, saying, what about the Fingers family? That's exactly when we were facing everything. And the Honeypot wife even said they got a bigger fish to fry right now. Same players, Marvel Comics and Warner Brothers. So what's interesting is um, they do like a gas pressure release thing where when they start to get caught, they'll let one thing go that's lesser, what they would consider a lesser evil or more revealing to them, and then keep clamping down on the real one and keep using the phrase basically nothing else to see here. We've cleaned house, nothing else to see. That's why it's so big with Disney. When I was on tape talking to, and it was Nicholas Jackson, Sophia Stewart's former guy, who was on, on with me on the phone with Bob Iger's office in Disney. And as soon as they heard that I was at Disney at the PR department, they shot us right back up to um, uh, his office, Bob Iger. And so next thing we know, we're hearing from the guy for 15 minutes on hold, Bob Iger's going to talk to you. He's going to talk to you. He wants to talk about a deal, right? Next thing, we go on and do an interview. And um, I think it was zombie permaculture or something. We did an interview and I'm talking about Bob Iger and that we recorded that. And we're going to go ahead and, you know, we're looking forward to talking to Bob Iger. Maybe they'll make the right choice and about the pedophile rings that are connected to Disney and Robertson's group. So what happened the next day? Bob Iger's fired. Bob Iger did the wrong thing. Same thing happened at Colonial Williamsburg. Get this pattern. So we're going to look at the pattern, how they work when they're caught on the defense, if we will. A lady named, I think it was um, uh, Barbara. Head of Human Resources at Colonial Williamsburg, Rockefeller's group. They had courted me and brought me into top positions. And so what, then they played this game of, you know, I come back out of Maui when they're throwing our case. And they just kept me, kept drawing me along and canceling anything I was qualified for, saying you're rejected, you're rejected, must be a human error, something like this. Finally, I talked to the uh, head of Human Resources and she says, finally, she goes, okay, it's, it's really bad. She was fired the next day. Wasn't supposed to let me know. And I taped it. So when you get the pieces together, how they really work, it's really about top down, getting rid of their biggest threats. What they would need to realize is their biggest threats are trying to help humanity and lift everyone, all of us. And if you want greater art, better art and a golden age in art, stop destroying the writers and their families and using failed writers because their policy of, well, we'll keep the work in house. So that's why the Wachowskis and all these guys were used. They're failed writers. You know, Sophia Stewart brought out of USC failing. So they take these people that fail, and that way they feel it'll be loyal and keep everything in-house. But what did the Wachowskis do? They were so angry at another writer being brought in for assassins that they put my high school, Central West High, my birthday, as it was in records in 96, July 22nd, and my dad's name, John, and then Anderson, our Scottish clan name, Thomas A. Anderson, and the column TA4099, because Larry had a, uh, wanted to mock me about my age at the time. So all that's there, and that's because... They were angry at each other because they're all about power. So the Wachowskis wanted to one-up the uh, suits at Warner Brothers. So they put all the stuff in the films. So, Tom, was, so I just want to clarify because anyone who, you know, has not been with us for a long time, mm -hmm. you've brought out the evidences that what you're talking about is in the movie The Matrix. They showed your birthday. They showed your clock. They used your, your family name. They did everything, right? Yeah, my high school is Central West High. Yeah, Central yeah, West. They, so so they, they the really did it to mock you, but Tom. So you you you're talking about your court case a lot today, and mm -hmm. you know obviously you're documenting everything in it because that's what that's what you do. And and you're right. I think the real life story about 
just this fight alone mm -hmm. would be an amazing story. But I also know you're working on a different script. Can you give us a couple yeah. sneak peek? Can you give us a sneak peek of what that is? Absolutely. What's really cool is, you know, here they are writing our Matrix 4, making it up as they go along. So what's going to be better, them making it up as they go along or the natural evolution of the original material that was copyrighted? So what's going on is it's leading to a whole thing of layers. And in the industry, they say that, um, like I have producers call and they'll say, we're still working your uh, ideas, like running credits after 10 minutes into the film. You know, they do it on Netflix all the time, like Walking Dead, things like that. You'll, you'll have your film start or series start and then lost and things like that. Then you'll have um, intro credits after it's already run a bit. That's originally in our script. And so all these devices and techniques such as crossovers where you have layers of the story that cross over and you'll see hints in those um, uh, intros where it's like a montage that hints, they do it in Walking Dead, Black Sails, Lost. So the montage gives you hints for the audience to keep the audience smart where they're hooked in going like, okay, I want to see how this all ties together. That was first done in our work. Now, the work that's being generated, oh, I can also say this too. Sophia Stewart, we've asked to get on a debate with her to go over evidence nicely, just go over evidence. She will not do it. The Wachowskis, they will not do it. It's like if you, it will show the Warner Bros. and those guys don't want it because it'll show, wait, we're smarter. We can explain the baby. We know its favorite color, what it likes to eat, and how it likes to, you know, you know everything about it. So that's my baby, the screenplay. They don't know anything about it. And even during the pitch session, they couldn't explain it. So they wouldn't be able to track these things. But anyway, back to the story. What's happening is you're going to see a blur, and it's going to shake people up in The Immortals 2, which I want to talk to you further about, Jeff, too, you guys, where you, what is good and evil? It starts to blur. And I think audiences need to know and be prepared during our time for some smart uh, critical thinking needs to be applied to survive these times. You've got to realize that it's not all been done under the sun. We don't have an easy track home. We have to be prepared for the hardest arrows and slings that we've ever had thrown at us. And so we've got to be, and so that's why this work, I believe, came that God gave it as it's coming. It's so exciting at the same time to be the writer seeing this unfold, especially, and I think it's cool that they did Matrix 4, making it up as they go along with them riding on the motorcycle, old guys on the motorcycle and jumping on the building. Big deal. Who wants to see that? But the thing is, like, here we have something where it's deeper, richer than anything where you've got the question mark going, is our guy a good guy? Is our girl a good girl? Or are they actually bad? Are our bad guys actually good? Uh, are they, if they su um, suffice to fulfill a function that we've needed for this time, are they good? But if they're hurting someone at the same time, do they still keep their good status? It's like so much going on in this where everything's flipped. And you start to actually have your villains believe they're good. They actually believe they're good. So that's what I'll tell you right now. That's exactly it's, what's happening what's today, happening? Tom. That's incredible. Yeah, but I can't wait to share this with you guys because I want to do this with you. I want to do this with you, develop this with you. And I'm saying that publicly. I want to develop this with you because it is mind-blowing. I've got to share this. I've got to write this with somebody else because it's just, ah, oh, ah, wow, wow. So, yeah. And what happens in the future? I'm way beyond Neuralink now, which is from our work. Neuralink comes from our work. Ramifications, everything else. Elon Musk hasn't even caught up to it yet. 
He's simply claiming it, but he can't explain it. So what's interesting is, yeah, there's a lot of passion for me on this. This is where I come alive because I'm taking the next step with it, which is originally from our pages, what the Neuralink is. That's why you have Smith and Neo blending. It's because of the Neuralink. Which is the, really uh, being connected to the matrix, you mm -hmm. know. Um, yeah. So, Tom, just a, just a thought. You should name the new screenplay The Real Matrix. <laughs> Use their branding against them. You know, that's not a bad idea because, like we said, that on that um, write-up where they had, what was it, where they put in the copyright office, the entries, I don't know, see, right here, right here. So when they put the Immortals title, right here, so they put the Immortals title, I don't know how you can see that, but the Immortals title, and then they're putting the biggest investment firms, um, actually, yeah, they've been biggest investment firm, Dean Laurentiis, who's wine and dine, the Wachowskis, Paradise Films, his organization, under the Immortals title, right? And what's interesting is you have these 342, well, 343 other subtitles, no body of work, it's great slots, copyright office. What's interesting is the Matrix not on those subtitles. The Wachowskis were supposed to pick one of the 343 because their obstinance and because their arrogance and because they were so angry that another writer was brought in to do Assassins, they didn't pick one of those titles. So they blew the whole game and their ego blew it. And so they picked Matrix. So Matrix is off that sheet. All right. And so that's Tom, what because, because be a big portion of our audience is audio only, can you just okay. tell us what paper that was that you held up? Because I, I Sure. This is it. from the Copyright Office Public Catalog. It is the um, search request left anchor title Immortals. Then you have under it date of registration, um, no body of work, simply a list of titles at the Copyright Office. You can't copyright titles. Army of Darkness and 342 other titles. Then you have the names of the parties that own it as Paradise Films, uh, De Laurentiis Company, uh, Starling Productions, De Laurentiis Communications, that's self-explanatory. De Laurentiis Productions Incorporated, that's self-explanatory. De Laurentiis is the one that wind and dine the Wachowskis when they failed at everything. You know, they failed at everything. They dropped out of school. They failed at their painting business. Their mom said all they did was play video games. So why was De Laurentiis winding and dining them while putting a copyright on my title, The Immortals, creating a slot? See, their strategy, yeah, they think they're clever. But if you're smart enough to write the work, you're smart enough to follow the trail, especially when you team up with warriors, like a warrior princess and a warrior man. You're able to do it. You know, you're able to follow this. Now it's going to be fun. I think for a lot, you can see a lot of young people are getting involved now too, that are starting to look into it. It's a whole new, like, gold rush. Well, I've noticed the Facebook things. page is blown up, Tom. Yeah, yeah. So that's what it is. It's like the greatest discovery ever now is this gold mine of deciphering who doesn't want, they created this whole idea of deciphering their monster. Now we get to decipher it with the people that are smart coming in where their people were not smart, as you illustrated so beautifully early on in the program, in-house, steal the work. It's it's going to be a slaughter. Wow. So go ahead, Jesse. Sorry. No, I was just saying wow about that. In the back of my mind, I was still thinking of titles, you know, like immortals revolutionized or the matrix revolutionized or the matrix mm -hmm. unleashed <laughs> well so, and no, I, so the reason i like using the matrix is because it's already a big brand but if mm -hmm. you if you alter it a little bit and you can use it against them just it's kind of like retribution 
you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. What's funny is they use Sophia Stewart again as the in-house person to try to cover their tracks and to handle and harass. You know, she'd even call and mock me about the death of my son. She'd even mock me on the phone. And I'd end up, when you do that to a father, you end up yelling back. I'm like, get off the phone. I'm like, just, I, yeah, you want to piss me off? Mock my, the death of my sons. And that it worked. It worked. I told her what, what, you know, how dare she? And she's crass and, and whatever. But the point is that she was supposed to claim since Warner brothers didn't claim matrix, right. In, in a copyright. So she saw an opening to claim it as a trademark. She didn't write the matrix title. She didn't come up with that. The Wachowskis did come up with a matrix title, but they didn't copyright it because they're working stolen work. So she's supposed to be brought in to claim it as her own. Isn't that crazy? She didn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done that at the time, but you're right. Why not? It's open domain. You see matrix clothing, matrix cars, matrix, everything. Cause they didn't copy mark. They didn't trademark copyright it. So that's well, her claim. They're that always raised around it anyways. There's a 20% alteration and things like that. So yeah, no, I, I think it's a great idea. But, so, so I cannot wait to share this ideas. I mean, this is just. So for, yeah. for the listening audience, um, if you're, if you're new to Tom, you can hear that he thinks on multiple levels. The man is a bona fide genius. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Sometimes it's hard to keep up with Tom because Tom <laughs> thinks in so many layers. But what happens is he's able to create such amazing things. And we are made to create things. And so mm -hmm. Tom, uh, with uh, throughout many discussions, so Tom and I actually created the first video for his mm -hmm. new layered thinking course that's going to be coming mm -hmm. on to write on you. That's right on you.com. And Tom has been working on it. Uh, it and what, what's amazing to me, Tom, is it sounds like such a complex thing. How do you divide your mind and do layered thinking and stuff like that? But the way you start to teach this, it's it's anyone can do it. Right. Well, it's based on, like we said, like I think Jesse and you guys were saying about we open the program with joy and it's based on joy. It's based on um, and you're able to track back on things, too. It makes for ideas transferring much quicker. And you're right. I do talk fast often, but it's like the mind's creating all the time on different layers. But also relationships can be interconnected on different levels where you end up just looking at each other and you're communicating multiple things at the same time and knowing that's connection, that's connection. And that's part of the process. And that's why the Wachowskis and Sophia Stewart and even Paul, they, they can't write this stuff because you have to think in layers to do it. That's why I'm so excited about the other piece I was sharing with you. And I got this some stuff the other day too. It was just like, whoa. So it's like, yeah, but living that way, living dynamically. And if you, match with someone think of a family that thinks in layered thinking feels in layers all positive and that's possible you can have all positive layers then your creativity is going to bust out you know whatever you love to do is going to flow nicely mm. and then your children benefiting from that yeah. you know so I, I do feel bad for the daughter is going to miss out on all that because she's she became their creature. But I do like that Aiden's growing up with it too. And I'm watching him just flourish where he's like high honors, all high honors classes. And his, his um, counselors and stuff are just like, he's way ahead in his grades and like youngest in his class. And they're like, you just have to take all honors, whatever you want to do, you're going to do it. He does the sports, everything he approaches in layers. So it does translate. And you watch a son or a daughter do that. 
And what's so amazing is when, when this course is available and uh, I, I know you've been delayed because you're working on this script, the script mm-hmm. started to come and download and you're doing multiple things at once mm-hmm. plus the legal fight, Tom, but I'm mm-hmm. thinking by September, we got to launch this. And what's so good mm-hmm. about it is when you get this course, you're going to share it with your kids, your grandkids. Mm-hmm. And just like, uh, you know, Tom's son, you know, this guy, this kid is skyrocketing and everything mm-hmm. he's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's because of these uh, these simple, easy and effective techniques. And honestly, I'm I'm only scratched the surface in it with you, Tom. But I'm learning no. just from working with you. Well, I like the name you had too when you were sharing about you know what you called it. I thought that was really cool too. And for Patriots too, it's really amazing because the whole system, like we talk about their their offense, it's all based on us thinking and focusing on one thing or in one layer, and they're able to mess with us. But if we have multiple layer approach to our life, they can never fool us because we're always aware of other things at the same time where they never get in to get our full focus. They can never take us by the nose and lead us down the path they want. We're always aware of other things and positive. They can't control us. And so we become difficult in their terms, but in our terms, vibrant and um, watch children. Like you said about children, their families, children's families and families. They're the ones that are perfect for it, really. If there's a demographic that's perfect, it's the kids because their minds are forming. And they're, they're already forming in layers. Watch them play. Watch a five-year-old play. You know, they're already doing this, but then we cut it off and say, okay, behave this way often. Uh, one thing well, at a time. by the TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What if we had an education system where it was layers? And it's like, you know, I mean, Montessori comes close, I would say. But it's like, I've taught at Montessori and things. But the thing is like, when you actually do the layers, you watch these kids just get confidence, first of all. Confidence becomes a good foundation and bedrock for a kid that's going to excel. Confidence is necessary. And if you equip them, instead of like, no, no, because I said so. But actually, like for Aiden, I would always be like, okay, let's discuss it. If you can talk with me about why you think this was right, I will, I'm open to hear. And so he became a little attorney. It was like he was able to bring his case forward and discuss things. And I would go with what was right, not being just walled down, shutting the blast doors. I'd be like, okay, let's discuss ideas. Let's think it through. Or I'd ask him for help. What do you think we should do here? And give him multiple options. And so he was used to that and not negate what he said. And so positive really is the way. You know, I won't get into discipline. I'm just talking about um, all, if I have all positive in my mind, all layers of positive, I think that's a fun person to be around. And other people like that. I like to be around those people. So, and I see that in you guys too. Layers of feeling means you're never, you're never feeling like you're being ignored. You never feel like you're being just someone else is thinking about the pain uh, for the wall. It's like, they're actually there all the time. And it's funny in Star Trek, which is a big nemesis of mine. uh, The group in Universal was a big nemesis. Joel Silver at Universal. They have Data, the android. They try to shoot it down. They try to say that data on this date with this one girl, right? The the android dating a woman. She goes, what are you thinking of right now? He lists a whole bunch of things and then mentions her. And she says, I'm glad I'm in there somewhere. That's a negative view of it, you know, but really it could be, I feel this, 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 this in our relationship all at once. And you'll see me just, you know, when you color it with different feelings at the same time that are positive, you have a different presence. You have a more vibrant presence in the face of people you love. So, yeah. 
Yes. You know what? What a what a great note. And Tom, thank you for the updates. We always got to keep up with your story. Uh, you're definitely one of the best friends of the show. You're thank certainly you. one of the most popular guests that we have. Uh, people just love you, Tom. And I get to encourage you. Tom's been quite active on Facebook. And I'm going to encourage you to look up Tom Althouse on Facebook. That's A-L-T-H-O-U-S-E. Tom mm -hmm. Althouse on Facebook. Follow him. Uh, give him a like. And, and by the way, shoot him some love, you know, on there. Because he's going through a big fight. And, uh, you know, uh, that, that encouragement really keeps people going. Uh, so I would encourage you to do that. A um, couple quick announcements. Um, again, don't forget to visit our merch shop. Also, don't forget, you should always, if you want to reach out to Jesse, if you want to follow her journey, if you want to become her patron, go to illuminatethedarkness.com. Visit illuminatethedarkness.com and illuminate your mind. Uh, what else do I need to talk about? Um, right on you, the coupon is still available. Merch shop, that's the big one today. And uh, when we're back on FluffTube, I'm going to give the address for our Odyssey and our back catalog of videos. Uh, however, uh, we're really enjoying this uh, this new platform here on Fullstream and, and of course, on Podbean as well. Final thoughts, Jesse? No, I can't wait to have you on again, Tom, and I definitely can't wait for Thank your you. name, Thinking Course. So thank I'm you, Jesse. Amen, and thank you again, Tom. So remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. Right on radio. Right on radio.